Hey, uh, I, I ran back to the media team to give them a picture that I want you all to see that I think is really, really cool. And so um, if you don't know, maybe a lot of y'all participated in this. We did a code drive uh, uh, last month, and it was really cool. And um, so we ended up get, uh, raising about buying 75 brand new coats as a church. And, uh, and I didn't want this moment to leave us, uh, but this is our, um, some of our campus crew delivering those coats to West Avenue Elementary, uh, to the principal there and, and everything. But I want to tell you about a really cool God moment because, you know, as we're praying about how do we give, how do we serve our city, what does that look like? I mean, we're 200 people. It's, um, you know, I feel like everything that we do is just like a little pebble um, with the little ripples in the ocean, you know, that not many people see. And, and maybe you feel like that too. I, I feel like that sometimes, but... I just want to tell you how God can use a little ripple. And so as we were praying about that, we were like, they need coats. We took them back to school um, supplies. We were looking into maybe doing a mentorship program next next year at West Avenue Elementary. We started getting these coats, and I was supposed to deliver them on a certain day, but uh, I, I forgot that they were out for Thanksgiving break, so we didn't take any coats with them. And then on Thanksgiving Day, you may remember there was a drive-by shooting in San Antonio. And it killed a little girl, and it was an elementary kid at West Avenue Elementary. And, uh, and that Monday, uh, with, with not even, um, uh, our campus didn't even, wasn't even aware of it, they showed up with 75 coats to bring them to that school. And, and God showed up, and they just said, hey, we really needed this today. Um, because we have counselors here, we have grief counselors, there's so many people here. And this is, just shows us how much, how much God loves us. And, and, and that's what he did through the people of Luminous Church by being obedient and bringing coats to show up in that moment. And, and I know that a coat is just a small glimpse, right, of, of how God loves, but, but it, it mattered. It mattered. And so I want to just encourage you that what you did in your faithfulness, it mattered. And I could have taken those coats before, but we took them that Monday after this moment, and that school was so blessed. And so thank you. Can you give yourself a hand? I mean, just that's awesome. You should. So God's been up to some really cool things. We're going to constantly, uh, constantly and consistently look, how can we love the city that we're in? How do we love you well? Because I care about your spiritual maturation in this church. I, I care about that. I care that you're loved. I, I care that you're hugged. I care that all the feelings, you know. And, and if you're sitting by yourself right now, I care about that. I don't want you to sit by yourself, man. So we went to one service so you didn't have to sit by yourself. We, we care about you. We love you, um, but as much as we love you, we love the people outside of these walls. We love the people in this city. We love the 940,000 people who won't be in church this morning. We love the, the 42% who identify as agnostics in Bear County. We, we love them that they would see hope because somebody who is agnostic has basically reached a point of hopelessness. That there's nothing that could supersede in their situation to change their circumstance. So they must do life the best they know how. But how many of you know that's not the way to do life? It's not the way to do it. There is a much greater, a much better way to do life. And that's when you know the life giver, the one who breathes life, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. It's just been Christmas. We've been in this series. I've been super excited about this. Last week we talked about heaven's plan. How, how was heaven preparing earth for the Messiah? How was heaven anticipating Christmas? 400 years of silence, a, a bunch of angelic flurries, a bunch of moments happened, and, and, and heaven was preparing the setup that we celebrate every year. How many of you are doing the devotional? We handed out a 
21-day Christmas devotional last week. We gave over 100 of those away. Uh, you should be doing it. Don't just grab that book and let it sit there, man. Uh, but I want to tell you, we ran out of books, but if you download the Luminous Church app, we have the devotional right there. And on this, you just click that button, anticipating Christmas. It takes about a minute to load because the resolution is so amazing. The pictures, the graphics, everything's awesome. So just wait for it. Anticipate the opening of that, and then you can anticipate Christmas. I encourage you to do this. I've been really, really encouraged by this this week. God has been so faithful um, through these stories. I, I, if you've been reading it, you've read about just the, the, the change of the weather. And it was almost like as we were reading it that the weather changed in San Antonio. And talking about how that could be a negative thing. It, it can be, oh, man, I hate it. It's cold, you know. Or it could be a positive thing because that means a new season's coming. And, and every time there's a, a change in weather, it's a new season. It's, I'm, I'm so thankful. That, that's the mercy of God. I want to just let you all know that the change of seasons is the mercy of God for our life. Because, you see, if you're in a great season, you know the season's going to change. It could be greater. But if you're in a bad season, you know that the season needs to change. And on the other side of that, it's going to be greater. It, it, seasons represent change. It represents his mercy. You may remember this. His mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful we have night. How many of you thankful for night? Like, I get to go to bed and wake up new tomorrow. That is, oh, man. All the married couples like, yes. Yes. If you're like me, if, you know, fighting with my wife, I try to sneak over the bed, you know. <laughs> I'm the only one, you know, like touch your elbow or something. Yes, we made up. Passive aggressive. Okay, come on. I'm excited that, uh, you know, yesterday, day six, you should be on day seven or eight today, depending on when you started, but day six, talking about St. Nick, what that is. I, I'm excited that we really get to find out who Ho-Ho is, who Santa Claus is, and such an amazing story. Uh, you know what I love about this? I, I, I'm just giving you the devotional. I feel like I'm preaching the devotional, but I really have a message. I, I thought it was fascinating as I was reading um, about St. Nick, how he ended up giving three bags of gold to this fisherman who had three daughters, and the daughters had to have a gift uh, for a suitor, and if they didn't have the gift, nobody would marry them. I, I love the fact that that the kingdom of God is about marriage. I want to tell you that. Um, I know that there's a lot of single people here. I know there's some people called to be Paul. But, but the kingdom of God, there's a lot of marriage things in this. And this is fitting. This is a great segue in about what we're, but we're about to get into. So the kingdom of God loves marriage. And, and it, this St. Nick ended up giving this fisherman three bags of gold so that his daughters could find a suitor. That's how it happened. And it went around the town how, how he was so generous. Can you believe that he did that? But he gave them an opportunity to be married. I think that's so fitting for the church. Are we given an opportunity, a setup for the plan that God has for your life? Whatever it may be, whether it's marriage or it's something else, are we giving you the tools and the resources to set you up for the next stage of life? I really hope that we do that. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 1. Last week we talked about heaven's plan. Today we're going to talk about the parent's predicament. The parent's predicament. And let's look at Joseph first in Matthew chapter 1. 
verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, in Jewish custom, it, it, there was this moment of betrothal. There was this moment where, where you didn't get to pick your wife. <laughs> I love it because some of us like, man, we chose badly. You didn't choose badly. You got to choose. Some people don't even get to choose, and yet they're to love them for the rest of their days until death. The hallelujah, somebody. I mean, there's this betrothal, there's this 12-month period, there's this period where, where Joseph was preparing his life for Mary. He was preparing his ring fund. How many? Come on, somebody. Yeah, one amen from the single dude. Right there, ladies. Right there. He was preparing his ring fund. He was preparing his household. He's preparing his profession. He was preparing everything just right, just in order to marry this woman. I, I love the moment of betrothal because it, it kind of gave you a sense of purpose that I'm going to be married, so I better get my house in order. I better get things right. There's, there's this moment that happens. Um, it's a prearranged marriage, and so you're like, Dad, please pick somebody pretty, you know, <laughs> somebody. It, 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 was, it was a betrothal. It, this was legally binding. This 12-month, um, as they were engaged to be married, it was legally binding. In fact, it was almost as though they were already married, although they haven't consummated it. So they were together. And, and I can only imagine what, what Joseph thought in this moment. We've all done this, haven't we? We've all thought about that. We've read the Christmas story. What did he think when he found out? That his girl just got knocked up. You know, I mean, what did he think about that? I mean, it, it's crazy. But as he does it, he, he, was, he was preparing for her before this moment. And, and it's such a picture of the betrothal moment of how heaven has prepared for us. You see, the church is the bride and he is the groom. And the groom has been preparing for us for a long time. You see, Jesus went away so that he could prepare for you and I. He went away so that there would be a preparation season. In John 14, 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may also be. That he was going and preparing a place. He was going, uh, Jesus is right now in heaven making a place for you and me. He's, he's making a place. He's making a mansion, he's making streets of gold. I don't know what he's making, but it's going to be good because whatever Jesus makes is good. That's why you're good. That's why you're good. That's why you never need to doubt your worth in the kingdom because what he makes is good. 
as he's making this amazing place for us, he's going to come back for us. That's what Joseph was doing. He's preparing this amazing place for Mary. And then he finds out some bad news, that she is with child. It says in this moment that he was considering how to divorce her. I'm starting to plot, you know, like, ooh, man, how, how do I do this? What I love about Joseph, he has an integrity that a lot of us don't have. You see, if, if my wife gets hooked, knocked up, she's pregnant, it wasn't me. You know, we're going to court. It's going to be all over Facebook. It's going to be on Instagram. I mean, Insta stories like crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to story that document. You know, I mean, everything. Right? But what a man of integrity that he loved Mary so much that he was thinking, Oh, man, how can I divorce her quietly? Do you know that he had jurisdiction? The law in Deuteronomy says that he could take her out and stone her and kill her for that. In Deuteronomy 22, 22 through 23, I'm going to read it. If a man is found lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die. The man who lay with the woman and the woman. So you shall purge the evil from Israel. If there is betrothed a virgin and a man meets her in the city and lies with her. You have the right to take her out and stone her. And so if she's with child, obviously she's worthy of death because we have to get rid of that evil. And there's no Holy Spirit uh, illuminating himself across. There's no grace. Jesus didn't pay the price. And so, so they could take him out and stone them and get rid of that evil. Joseph had that right. But instead his integrity was like, no, I must, I must find another way. And as he's plotting how to quietly divorce her, this man of God, this righteous man, the, I'm so glad that God chose a righteous family toward Jesus. A dream happens. And a dream, an angelic visit. So don't be afraid. Don't fear. This man right here, he's going to save his people. You're going to name him. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I could only imagine, not only is it startling that you have this angelic dream come up in this moment that we'd all be freaked out upon, right? That, that you have this moment where, where he says you shall name him Jesus, Emmanuel. And a Jewish man would know the scroll of Isaiah so well where it says in Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. This moment, I can only imagine, was like a doubling down. An angel shows up, but then he starts speaking about the prophecy, about that moment. And you know what Joseph did, right? He moved from this man trying to figure out what to do with that to a man of courage. And then we read Mary's story, Mary's encounter. Uh, you know, just imagine all the ladies in here being 12, 13 years old. You're, you're pregnant. It's crazy. What do I do? In Luke 1, 26 through 37, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings. O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying 
and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. I, I, what a moment. What an interruption in Mary's life. What an interruption. She's engaged. She has this house. She's watching Joseph start his carpet business, he, he, his carpentry business, start, sees all this stuff. <laughs> carpet, who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Back to the future. Who knows? All this stuff, right? And, and, and she's amazed. She's ready. She, she's ready for that. And then there's this interruption that changes the trajectory of everything. An angelic visit says that a baby is coming and that he is the promised son of the throne of David. They, they, that he is going to be, he's part of David's lineage, and he's going to be the king that reigns forever. He will be the savior of the world. That's not a lot of responsibility, is it? I have to raise this kid? I mean, <laughs> not only is that crazy news, I got to raise the savior. No pressure, moms. She, she's trying to make sense of it. She's trying to make sense of it. Make sense of this moment, make sense of what happened. And, and as she does, as she's trying to make sense of it, she, she begins to say, well, how will this even happen? You know, like that's, that's her making sense of it. How will this happen? They, they, she wasn't anticipating this moment, and she's trying to make sense of it. Well, how is it even going to happen? Now, I think a lot of times in our life, right, the application is like there's divine interruptions that happen in your life, that God comes and he speaks and he he speaks words for your business, for your marriage, um, and, and there's all these unanticipated things, right, unexpected things. Oh, we're pregnant. Whoops. Like, how's this going to happen? How are we going to afford this baby? What's going to happen with this? You know, we have all these things that, that weren't anticipated. That Joseph, when he was divinely interrupted, uh, God showed up, and he had his life planned out, and boom, interruption, and it changed the tra trajectory of his life. Change the trajectory of his life. Uh, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? Am I going to sell this business am I, uh, that I've been working hard for? Am I, am I going to, how do I do this? What, what are people going to say about this? You know, we, we thought we were just going to live in our, our cozy house and pay our, pay our, our 30, 40% in taxes and Oh, that's a lot. And we thought we were going to do that. And we thought, you know, we would have a baby in our time. And, and we, everything would work out according to our plans. But everything's changed. And I want to say that, that life's no different for you and me, right? Because God shows up and everything changes. You know, you had a boy and a girl and you were set. And then you find out you have another baby. We're not pregnant. I'm just saying. That can happen. 
right? Like different things happen and your trajectory changes. And when, when it changes, what do you do? You get scared, don't you? You get a little fearful, a little fearful of the unknown. How many are afraid of the unknown, right? Some of you in so miserable places, you're like, man, I'm just excited for the unknown because where I am. Most of us are afraid. Most of us have fear. Most of us, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm scared. But then, then something changes in your life. And what do you do with that fear? That's the question today. What do you do when fear begins to come knocking on your door? What do you do? You try to cover it up? Do you try to figure out the scandal? Do you, do you try to figure it out? Oh, whew, man, we can't have another baby. Let's see this one for adoption, right? Man, we can't, we can't do that. Let's, let's begin to do this. Oh, man, I was called to go to another city and plant church, but I can't do that. I got to get out of it, you know? So you start avoiding the person who asked you, you know? And you start doing different things, right? You start plotting. How can I fix this? Because whenever fear comes, control can be present. Right? When there's fear in your life and you're afraid, you start immediately moving into an area of control. How do I control this? How do I manipulate it? How do I show up? How do I begin to do this? And, and you start considering all these things just like, just like Joseph did. So what do you need to do when the unexpected comes? The unexpected happens in your life. Well, you need to hear the words. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. To take Mary as your wife, Joseph. Don't be afraid about who's looking at you and who's talking and the opinions of man. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful of Mary, how she's going to treat you. Don't be afraid that your plans are going to change. Don't be afraid that you're going to move to another country for a few years. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of your family's questions. And all the questions that come about. Don't be afraid of the, the social pressures and the persecution. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't fear whether you have what it takes to raise the Messiah. Because that would be my number one fear. Because it can easily be my number one fear with my kids. I'm going to raise this kid to love God. I'm going to raise his daughter to be pure and holy and know her worth in the kingdom and how much she means to Jesus. So many fears, so much anxiety. But the Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. The Greek word favor, charis, charis is the Greek word for favor, which means grace or gift. It's where we get a word charismatic from. You've found favor. You've, you've found this caress to where God is, his favor follows. Let me say that again. Where God is, his favor follows. Where God shows up, he's going to give his favor. Where, where your plans have changed, God is in your plans. He's in the change. He's in the circumstance. He's in the surprises. He's in the details. Grace will be enough for you. Don't fear because you found favor with God. Don't fear because you are a son of God. Don't fear because you're a daughter of God. Don't fear because I've given you enough grace for every situation and every circumstance. I love you so much, and there's nothing that can outpace my love for you. Nothing. So what is causing fear today with you? A relationship maybe? 
Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's a pregnancy. Maybe it's financial pressure. Whatever it may be, know that Chris is with you. Grace is with you. You've earned the favor of God. And Jesus coming 2,000 years ago means a, a, a great deal because he's daily given us faith in him. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, regard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. How did Mary and Joseph respond is the question. How did they respond to all this fear? In verse 38 Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In Matthew 1, 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He called his name Jesus. How did they respond? They responded with obedience. They responded with an act. They responded with this courage, the courage that God gives, the courage that he's given you and me. So in your situation of surprise, in your situation of change of plans, in your situation where everything's changed and, and you have all this fear and all you want to do is control it, God's saying, give it to me and let grace show off in this moment. May God's grace show off that you would have courage to trust God and obey him. I think we need that today. We need that today, this Christmas. This Christmas, we needed it last Christmas. We're going to need it next Christmas. We're going to need God's grace. We need him to speak where there's fear. You know, Jesus will come at the right time, even if it's not your preferred time. We see that over and over again in our lives. I just have to be patient. I have to wait. I have to believe the promise. I have to trust it. I have to obey it. I got to tell you something, that Mary's fear could have crept up on her over and over and over again. I, can you imagine when they lost Jesus in, in, in Jerusalem, in the temple, they, just, they just lost Jesus. Where did Jesus go? I mean, I can only imagine, have you ever lost a child or lost somebody where there's no cell phones, you know? And all this fear, I let God down. I, I lost the Messiah. I lost him. That was just a glimpse of a moment that, that a mother had raising Jesus. You see, with a great deal of responsibility like that, there, there can be all this fear. But if we give it to God, we trust him and obey him, it's enough. Would you stand with me this morning?
I want to pray for you. I want to take an opportunity to pray for you. And as I do that, I want you to self-examine fear in your life. Maybe an area that you're afraid of that you didn't even realize. Right? Because sometimes we have these unknown fears, but we've managed them so well because we're really good at controlling. Maybe God wants to bring that to your attention. Would you close your eyes with me? I want you to just self-reflect. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate that to you. Because he is faithful to do just that. Holy Spirit, as people are standing and they're meditating and they're fixing their eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the one where grace is found and abounds. I pray, Holy Spirit, if there's any fear or worry, you would illuminate it. Maybe it's subtle. Maybe it's a word that you keep hearing. Maybe it's a small little picture. Maybe it's a lot larger than that. But I want you to do something. I want you to ask Jesus what he thinks about this fear. Say, Jesus, what do you think about this fear? And what do you say to it? Some of you, you may see Jesus taking away that fear. You may hear him say, fear not, for I am with you. Father, I thank you for who you are, and I just pray, God, that you would just move over Luminous, move over the people who came today, which you call your church, your bride. Father, I pray that you would be glorified in every way, and I thank you, Jesus, for Revealing moments that we can give to you so that you can do what you want with us. That we live on purpose for purpose. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.